0: Ilaha illahu, lahul asma ul husna, wa ashadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluh, sahibu al maqamil mu'alla, amma baadu fa'udu bilahim in shaitan il rajim, bismillahir rahmanir rahim, khudil afwa wa'mur bil wa wa'adid anil jahileen, sadaqallahu ala'dim. Honorable ulema, respected brothers, mothers, and sisters, In this month of Ramadan, we seek the forgiveness of Allah with greater intensity. In this month of Ramadan, we are hopeful of the forgiveness of Allah to a greater extent. This month, this great month, is synonymous with maghfirah and forgiveness. There is no Muslim anywhere in the world. Who is not seeking forgiveness, but a different aspect to what I've just mentioned each one of us in this month we're working for the for- desiring the forgiveness of Allah. we are seeking maghfirat and pardon from Allah, but how many of us are ready to forgive? How many of us are ready to forgive this verse which I recited in my introduction Allah says. Instructing who? Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Khudil afwa Khudil afwa The brevity of time does not allow for us to go into the linguistics Because there's beauty and there's nuance In the meaning If you look at the linguistics But let me just say to you this way That Allah tells Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Adopt a forgiving attitude In other words It's not about forgiving once off it's not about forgiving a particular individual or over a particular occurrence. In general, a Muslim ought to have a forgiving attitude. And enjoying good. In life, you'll always get those who are five bobs short. So let them be on their way and you be on your way. There's greater peace, there's greater emotional stability, and there's greater unity when you ignore the ignorant. When this verse was revealed and when this instruction was issued by Allah to Muhammad Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the Nabi of Allah asked Jibreel alaihi salam that elaborate and unpack. What does it mean? So Jibreel alaihi Salaatu Wasallam said those very famous words, which are mentioned in the ahadith and the traditions. Sill man qata'ak. Sill man qata'ak. Build relations with those who are breaking relations forgive those who did wrong to you and be good to the one who's not been good to you so as we move into these last 10 days and we are desirous of the forgiveness of Allah and we are aspiring for the forgiveness of Allah it's also a moment of reflection that to what extent have I subscribed to this code of conduct which Allah made mandatory upon his Nabi, and which he in turn advocated for every ummati. You know, it's an irony. And even that would be an understatement, that we're desiring the forgiveness of Allah, but we're not willing to forgive. Just breaking any one command of Allah is so serious because of the greatness of the being whose command you are breaking, that all the people in our lifespan who have done wrong to us, their collective wrongdoing is not equivalent to our one wrongdoing because they transgress the rights of a mere mortal. We transgress the rights of Rabbul Alameen. And we have asked and we are asking and we will ask to to Allah, don't forgive only one, but forgive all. Don't only forgive it Allah, but substitute it with good deeds. Don't forgive only my sins as it is now. Forgive my sins as they will continue up to my last breath. So we're seeking that degree of pardon from Allah. Allah is willing to give it to us. Allah is willing to embrace us in that regard. When are we going to start let go of that baggage that we are carrying? The people who have wronged us, who have hurt us, who have transgressed our rights, but we still have not brought ourselves to the point of properly and thoroughly and fully forgiving them for the pleasure of Allah. To forgive is also sunnah. Forgive for the pleasure of Allah. It is sunnah. We should not constrain and we should not limit the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam only to the actions of eating, drinking and sleeping. Those are great sunnah. But the characteristics, the qualities and the values of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam that is also part of the sunnah. If you look at other verses of the Quran, Allah says, Allah addressing the Prophet ﷺ said, If you were very harsh, hard hearted, firm, aggressive in your approach, even though the Sahaba are the greatest group of companions ever granted to any human, even they would not have managed. Lower your wings for the believers. Why is it today we want to be held? We want to be held to the yardstick of forgiveness but we don't want to hold anyone else to that same yardstick We want Allah to forgive us even though we repeat the same mistakes time and again But we're not we're not willing to show the same kind of attitude To forgive others even though they repeat the same transgression time and again That's the instruction of the Quran adopt an attitude of forgiveness You know to put it bluntly it has a lot to do with our egos who are we that we feel we cannot forgive? Who are we? Yusuf alayhis Salam. you know we read the story and we like the whole romantic element about it. I remember one scholar said, you'll do the whole tafsir of surah Yusuf and at the end the only question will be, did Yusuf marry Zuleikha? That's the only, because, you know we grew up, we grew up with all those soapies and all that novel, so we see everything from the prism, from the perspective and from the lens of romance. Did he marry her? Didn't he marry her? That is inconsequential to the story. What is consequential is that here's a boy who in his infancy is snatched from the lap of not an ordinary father, but the father who's a nabi. He's snatched not from an ordinary house, but a house of nubuwa. He's not discarded in some faraway place. He's discarded to the bottom of a dark well. He's not snatched by some ordinary person with a nefarious intention, He's snatched by those who are making slaves. He's not taken in by some people with good intention. He's taken in by a woman who wants to use him for her own perverted desires. The consequence of all of that is not that he leads a tough life. It is that he becomes jailed and he becomes, his his reputation takes a knock. And after all of that, after all of that, when he's in a position of power and authority, when he could make the perpetrators against him feel the pain that they made him feel. That's when he says, I'm not going to hold you to account today. Actually, I will make dua to Allah that he should forgive you. And he was so sincere in his forgiving attitude. That even in his solitude, when he's making dua to Allah, he does not blame his brothers. He says, Allah, I don't blame my brothers. Shaytan came in between us. This is a man who was snatched from the lap of his father, who had to be... Taken from the bottom of a well Who had to see his father lose his eyesight over the separation Yet he could bring himself to the position of saying I forgive you There are no grudges There's no resentment There's no hatred What didn't Muhammad Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam go through? What didn't the Meccans do to his children? To Zainab radiyallahu anha, who was stabbed while she was on the camel. To Fatima radiyallahu anha, who used to scream due to pangs of hunger in the valley of Abu Talib during the boycott. Yet when he comes in a position of authority, power and might. La tathriba alaykumul yawm. Today is a day of forgiveness. Aisha radiyallahu anha says, when Jibreel alayhi salatu salam descended to tell Nabi sallallahu alayhi who the man was who was responsible for sihr and black magic against him. So here, yeah, there was no Amil speculating, no. This was Jibreel confirming via revelation that that is the man. Aisha radiallahu anha says, the next morning, it was Labid bin Asam and he was a hypocrite, he was pretending to be a Muslim. Yet, the next morning when Nabi sallallahu alayhi met him, he met him with the same smile and the same warmth that he met him with the day before he was given the knowledge. Before he was given the information. To forgive for the pleasure of Allah is also sunnah. As we desire the forgiveness of Allah in this month, it's about time we let go of that baggage. It's compromising our own happiness. Take the message to the families as well. People may have done wrong to you, but the more you carry it, the more it compromises your own contentment, your own happiness. It's like walking a long distance, but you have the thorn in your shoe, which you're not removing. It constantly agitates you. It constantly creates restlessness and unnecessary anxiety. At some point for your own health, for your own goodness, for your own peace of mind, you let you let go. And Allah says, if you do it for my pleasure, I'll forgive you. You know, if you don't forgive, what will you get? Let's say someone wrongs you. You don't forgive. You'll be able to claim your right on the day of Qiyamah. And you'll get what is due to you. But if you forgive for the pleasure of Allah, you'll get much more than what would have been given to you if you were to claim your right by not forgiving. So it is to your advantage in this world, and it is to your advantage in the Akhirah to forgive for the pleasure of Allah. Yes, people sometimes do hurtful things. We live with humans, not with angels. But the reason Allah emphasizes forgiveness is because as humans we cannot live in isolation. We have to live with one another. And when you live with one another, temperaments are different, values are different. People have their own idiosyncrasies, they have their own weird ways. But if we cannot learn to tolerate and forgive one another, we will never be united. That whole talk of unity of the ummah will remain a pipe dream. So whatever the mother-in-law did to the daughter-in-law, whatever happened over the inheritance, whatever the one brother said, because the two wives were quibbling or squibbling, we need to go beyond that. And Allah says, the more you are willing to forgive others, the more Allah flungs open his doors of forgiveness. What greater insult can they be than those who insulted Aisha radiallahu anha? With the accusation of adultery, and there was that one Sahabi who was, a, who was getting a stipend from Abu Bakr, anh, who was getting a monthly assistance. And Abu Bakr, anh, in that state of emotion, said, I give you money, and you still take part in the accusation against my daughter. And Allah sends revelation, wal wal Overlook and forgive. Ala lakum. Don't you desire that Allah should forgive you? Like you desire Allah should forgive, you forgive others for the pleasure of Allah. So if Abu Bakr was instructed to forgive, if Muhammad bin Abdullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam was instructed to forgive, who are we, honestly? Why is it that we can't bring ourselves even in this great month of Ramadan, when hearts are soft, when the devil is shackled, when the nafs is suppressed, to say, I am going to forgive for the pleasure of Allah. Who is that man who was a genity? You remember the famous narration when Nabi ﷺ told Sahaba, This is the genity, and Abdullah bin Umar, Abdullah bin Amr went to accompany him. And what he said, Every night before I go to bed, I clean my heart. I don't do much in terms of nafil ibadah, I don't do much in terms of the extra, but every night before I go to bed, I clean my heart. I say, oh Allah, whoever I have wronged, you put it in their heart to forgive me. And whoever has wronged me, I forgive them for your pleasure. The, these are the values of Islam. This is also a Sunnah of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And Ramadan is not only about coming back to Salah and reconnecting with fast and increasing in recitation and spending more time in the Masjid. It's also about rekindling these values and the true spirit of Islam. One day, Musa asked Allah wa Taala, "Who is the most beloved of people to You?" And Allah said, Man ida Qadara ghafara." The person who has the ability to take revenge, yet he opts for forgiveness. You know, forgiveness is not truly forgiveness when you have no choice. Like when the wife did something wrong, but you know if you don't forgive, you're not going to get iftar. Then that's not uh, genuine forgiveness, right? That you're just soloing, it's, it's called a tactical retreat. You put it on a back burner to bring it out another day. If the boss does something wrong to you, and you say, no, no, no problem, sir, no problem. That's a fake that's a fake utterance. You're smiling but you're swearing him from inside. But when you are the boss, when you have the ability to exact revenge and you opt for forgiveness, then you are being an ummati of Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu Because he was at the head of a 10,000 strong Muslim army who could have annihilated the Meccans who put them through 13 years of hell. Who didn't leave them even when they migrated to medina left no stone unturned in making their life difficult but you know what if they took revenge on that day perhaps you and i would not be proclaiming the kalima in the southernmost of africa when you forgive you conquer when you forgive you prosper when you forgive you succeed when you forgive you succeed you know even psychologists have written i i got a bit of a habit of reading these books not that there's anything in there which we don't have in our Deen, but it just helps us To show that the beauty of our deen is appreciated by others without them realizing that Islam has taught this to the world 1400 years ago. They say it's good for your mental health, for your emotional health and for your physical health to forgive people. They don't believe in reward, they don't believe in jannah. They say for your own health, internal and external, you should forgive people. You should let go of the resentment, you should let go of that desire for vengeance because the more you forgive, the more you pull your energy towards that which is constructive and useful you know when you're carrying baggage when you're carrying hurt and pain and anger no matter what the wrong is and no matter for how long the wrong was perpetrated against you, you you're always restless you're coming to the masjid you're supposed to be performing salah but you're thinking about what that person did to you you're with your wife you're supposed to be in a moment of romance but you're thinking about and that anger is swelling within you so even from a psychological perspective we need to start letting go. We need to focus on that which is important. Life is too short. In the greatest scheme of the Akhirah, all of those things over which we had issues and over which we felt hurt and pain will be inconsequential. Forgive for the pleasure of Allah. It is also Sunnah. Forgive for the pleasure of Allah. It is also Sunnah. You know, I read a very beautiful quote. They say, forgiveness doesn't change the past, but it can enlarge the future. Think about Taif, the lowest moment in the life of Nabi sallallahu The Meccans drive him out. He's just lost his wife and he's lost his uncle, his two greatest rocks of support. He goes to Taif thinking, perhaps, maybe there, I'll get some support, some assistance. They treat him even worse. They send the children to drive him out. They get the children to pelt him. His shoes are clogged with blood. Emotionally, the Nabi of Allah was in a state. Yet, when he was given the option, vengeance against the people of Ta'if, of forgiveness, he chose forgiveness. That's why you and I today, when you go for Umrah, you can go to Ta'if. It's full of Muslims. The Miqat is in Ta'if. Ta'if is a Muslim city. Because the Nabi of Allah chose forgiveness. There's another quote that I read. They say, when someone does something wrong, when someone does something wrong, don't forget all the things that they did right. Don't forget all the things that they did right. Many times the devil magnifies, he amplifies the wrong that was perpetrated against us. But the many good things that were done by the same perpetrator, we tend to forget. We tend to trivialize it. We tend to minimize it. We tend to push it to the periphery in terms of our mind. And then we kind of hone in with the superimposed focus on that one wrong, or those few wrongs that were done. Look at it from the perspective that Allah wants us to look at it. Khudil Allah instructs us, adopt an attitude of forgiveness. This was a sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu Let me conclude by saying this. Allah takes it one step further. Allah says, forgive, forgive, right? Remember the hadith which I narrated in the beginning. Sil man qata'ak. Build ties with those who are breaking ties. Forgive those who do wrong to you. And then if you want to be a true Muslim, if you want to be a champion Muslim, if you want to be an above average Muslim, you see in every other aspect of life we want to be above average. I don't want to have the average garb. I don't want to have the average car. I don't want to have the average wife. I don't want to have the average kid. I don't want to have the average home. I want above average if not closest to the top level. So why as Muslims... We suffice with mediocrity. Why don't we want to become champion Muslims? Above average Muslims. Muslims who pursue excellence in terms of the teachings of Islam. And if you pursue excellence in, the teach- in terms of the teachings of Islam, then this is the teaching which I am superimposing for you today. Where Allah says in the Quran, ادفع ahsan." Today the odds are stacked against us. As an ummah, the whole world has become... Very negative in their thought and in their approach towards Muslims. Muslims have been demonized. Individually, we all caught up in our rat races. But if we don't forgive for the pleasure of Allah, who is there left with whom you're going to have a relationship? Because as humans, we weak, we frail, your own father will wrong you at some point, your own son will show disrespect or inappreciation. Your own wife will retort in a way that will break your heart. Your own husband will do something that will shatter your confidence. But if we're going to hold a grudge against everyone, who is there left with whom we're going to have a relationship? As an ummah, if we are going to be continuously hostile and aggressive, we're never going to win over people. Look at the bigger picture. Look at the bigger picture. Allah says, when you retaliate in a way that's better, فَإِذَا الَّذِي بَيْنَكَ وَبَيْنَهُ كَأَنَّهُ وَلِيٌّ حَمِيمٌ Then your sworn enemy becomes your bosom companion. You want to prosper in life, learn the art of genuine and sincere forgiveness. On the occasion of the conquest of Makkah, there was an execution list. Those people who were guilty of the most heinous crimes. And the Nabi of Allah said, that they are to be executed because of the heinous crimes. Then the Nabi of Allah stepped up and pardoned all of them. And what was the result? Each one of their families and progenies embraced the deen. Had they been executed, perhaps they would have been in continuous legacy of resentment. On the occasion of the conquest of Makkah, when Ikrimah fled, this was Ikrimah, the son of Abu Jahl. He left no stone unturned in trying to match his father in causing harm to the Muslims. When his wife sought amnesty for him and the Nabi of Allah granted it, when Ikrama was on his way back, look at what the Nabi of Allah told the Sahaba. He knew their blood was boiling. This was Ikrama. This was no ordinary enemy. He said, You know what? When Ikrama comes, don't say anything bad about his father. His father did what he did and he's gone and he left to pay for it. By saying anything bad, you're not adding to the woes of Abu Jahl, but you're only going to cause inconvenience to the emotions of Ikrama. This is. A sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu that we have forgotten about. When Ikrama saw this kind of charming manners and wonderful behavior, he not only embraced Islam, he then left, led, led the rest of his life to trying to do as much as he did against Islam for Islam. I leave you with this. Because the Nabi of Allah had adopted a forgiving attitude. Think about this. Because the Nabi of Allah had adopted a forgiving attitude, And because he retaliated in a way that was better, those who were at one stage ready to spill his blood, at the later stage they became ready to drink his blood. That kind of transformation in society, that kind of transformation in the world, will not happen with might. It will not happen with force. It will not happen with aggression. It will not happen with demanding every inch of your rights. It can only happen when you adopt an attitude of forgiveness. I'll conclude by saying what I said in the beginning. That this month of Ramadan is the month wherein the forgiveness of Allah is available to a greater extent. It's the month wherein we aspire to a greater extent for the forgiveness of Allah. It is the month wherein we seek the forgiveness of Allah to a greater extent. In our quest to seek the forgiveness of Allah, let us not forget to start forgiving others. The more we forgive others, the greater our chances to be forgiven by Allah may Allah grant me and all of us the understanding was sallallahu alaihi wa wa
1: ashhadu an la ilaha illa allah as على الفلاح Allah Akbar, allahu Akbar, الله Akbar, الله Akbar the an la ilaha illa Allah an la ilaha illa Allah al I al something Allah Should Allah say
2: الحمد لله الذي هدانا إلى سبيل الهداية والعرفان وجعلنا من أهل الإسلام والإيقان نحمده سبحانه وتعالى على أن أظلنا شهرٌ عظيم يسمى رمضان ترمض فيه الذنوب وتكشف فيه الكروب ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له شهادةً بالقلب واللسان ونشهد أن سيدنا ومولانا محمدًا عبده ورسوله الذي عرَّفَنا ما يُدخِلُنا الجنان صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه أكمل أهل الإيمان وسلَّم تسليمًا كثيرًا أما بعد فقد دخل شهر شهر رمضان فخذوا بركاته بالطاعات والتنزُّه عن العصيان كما حضَّنا عليه رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إلى ما لا يتناهى من الزمان وقال عليه الصلاة والسلام إذا كان أول ليلة من شهر رمضان صُفِّدَت الشياطين ومردَت الجن وغُلِّقت أبواب النار فلم يُفتَح منها باب وفُتِّحت أبواب الجنة فلم يُغلَق منها باب وينادى, ويُنادي مُنادٍ يا باغي الخير أقبل ويا باغي الشر أقصر ولله عُتقاء من النار وذلك كلُّ ليلة وقال عليه الصلاه والسلام كلُّ عمل ابن آدم يُضاعف الحسنة عشرُ أمثالها إلى سبعمائة ضعفٍ قال الله عز وجل إلا الصوم فإنه لي وأنا أجزي به يدع شهوته وطعامه من أجلي للصائم فرحتان فرحة عند فطره وفرحة عند لقاء ربه ولخلوف فيه أطيب عند الله من ريح المسك والصيام جنة وإذا كان يوم صوم أحدكم فلا يرفث ولا يسخب فإن سابه أحد أو قاتله فليقل إن امرؤ صائم أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم فالآن باشروهن وابتغوا ما كتب الله لكم وكلوا واشربوا حتى يتبين لكم الخيط الابيض من الخيط الاسود من الفجر ثم اتم الصيام الى الليل الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له نشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا محمدًا عبده ورسوله أرسله بالحق بشيرًا ونذيرًا صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليمًا كثيرًا أما بعد فإني أوصيكم ونفسي أولًا بتقوى الله والمواظبة على ذكر الله ألا خيرُ الكلامُ كلامُ الله، وأحسنُ الهديُ هديُ محمدٍ صلى الله عليه وسلم وشرُّ الأمور مُحدثاتُها، وكلُّ مُحدثةٍ بدعه وكلُّ بدعةٍ ضلاله وكلُّ ضلالةٍ في النار من أطاعَ الله ورسولَه فقد رشَد، ومن يعصِ الله ورسولَه فقد ضلَّ وغوَى ربنا اغفر لنا ولإخواننا الذين سبقونا بالإيمان ولا تجعل في قلوبنا غِلَّا للذين آمنوا ربنا إنك رؤوفٌ رحيم اللهم أمطر شآبيب برضوانك على السابقين الأولين من المهاجرين والأنصار والذين اتبعوهم بإحسان خصوصا على الخلفاء الراشدين المهديين أبي بكر وعمر وعثمان وعلي وعن جميع الصحابة رضوان الله تعالى عليهم أجمعين اللهم أيد الإسلام وأنصاره وأذل الشرك وأشراله اللهم وفقنا لما تحب وترضى يا رب العالمين اللهم انصر من نصر دين محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم واجعلنا منهم اللهم انصر إخواننا المستضعفين في كل مكان يا رب العالمين اللهم انصرهم على عدوك وعدوهم يا قوي يا عزيز اللهم أرنا فيهم عجائب قدرتك يا قوي يا عزيز اللهم تقبل منا صيامنا وقيامنا وركوعنا وسجودنا وتلاوتنا وتراويحنا وصالح أعمالنا جميع يا رب العالمين عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعزكم يعزكم لعلكم تذكرون وذكر الله وذكر الله العلي العظيم وادعوه يستجيب لكم ولذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون أقم الصلاة
1: أكبر الله اكبر الله اشهد ان لا اله الا الله اشهد ان محمدا رسول الله حي على الله الله
2: سَبِّحِ اسْمَ رَبِّكَ الْأَعْلَى الَّذِي خَلَقَ فَسَوَّى وَالَّذِي قَدَّرَ فَهَدَى وَالَّذِي أَخْرَجَ الْمَرْعَى فَجَعَلَهُ غُثَاءً أَحْوَى سَنُقْرِئُكَ فَلَا تَنْسَى إِلَّا مَا شَاءَ اللَّهُ Inna الله Allahu Allahu <San> Akbar. فيعذبه الله العذاب الأكبر إن إلينا إيابهم ثم إن علينا حسابهم الله سمع الله لمن حمدا Allahu akbar Allahu akbar Allahu Allahu akbar السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله اللهم فرستغفر الله, الله استغفر الله استغفر الله العظيم الذي لا إله إلا هو الحي القيوم أتوب إليه اللهم أنت السلام ومنك السلام تبارك تجاذل الجلال والإكرام اللهم أعنا على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك اللهم اجعلنا شاكرين لنعمك مثنين بها قابليها وأتمها علينا اللهم وفقنا لما تحب وترضى من القول والفعل والعمل والنية والهدي إنك على كل شيء قدير Allahumma inna nesaluka al huda, wa attuka, wa al wa al gina. Allahumma inna nesaluka al wa al afiah wa almu'afaata da'imata fi dine wa dunya wa al afirah wa alfouza bi wa nagata mina nahar. Allahumma jalna min utakaika utakai mina nahar. Allahumma jalna min utakaika utakai mina nahar. Allahumma rabbana taqabbal mina ina ina kanta السميع العليم. Wa tuba alayna ina kanta التواب u rachim. وصل اللهم وسلّم وبارك على سيد المرسلين وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين آمين برحمةك يا أرحم الراحمين.